aka Patters, what is happening? I am Peter A. DeLuca, your pop culture, focusing a little bit on movies, where we're on a big movie run, but we focus on pop culture, and we are here to discuss 1984's low-budget masterpiece sci-fi time-traveling thriller, The Terminator. Let's get through that intro and jump to it. Yeah, so, uh... (laughs) Last night, I saw Robert Patterson, William Dafoe, in Lighthouse, and was immediately pairing that movie with a field in England that we did uh, two years ago in the 31 Days of Dread. Uh, I recommend that movie, depending on my flow, um, my output, because my two big stretches coming up is definitely going to be Terminator and then Star Wars, Deep dives you you are involved in the deep dive of terminator uh we're we're not really dispelling dispensing a uh like a boatload of like how they made this movie type information this is uh you know again like the focus of aka pads audio audacity podcast which is you know like what what are some of the beats what are some of the ideas what are some of the views, the angles, the intent, the feeling that uh, some people are missing with movies that kind of hit the lexicon, that hit the culture, uh, that we take for granted? You know, like in, in, in the intro, The Terminator essentially is a low-budget masterpiece that roughly cost, uh, you know, for $1984, it cost about 6 to $7 million dollars. And it made about $80 million. Now, if you take that $80 million and you adjust it for inflation, uh, I think it's roughly $113 million. I could be a little bit off there. That is substantial. You know, if, if a movie today uh, had that type of ratio, you know, of dollars spent to dollars earned, it, it would be considered uh, like a, a flat-out masterpiece, most likely an Oscar contender. All of that stuff, even though the Oscars are a little bit broken right now. I'm not like we're, we should be approaching Oscar season, and there's literally nothing. There's nothing outside of a couple best actor nods for Lighthouse, which I do feel like they, uh, Robert Patterson and William Dafoe, both earned best a- actor nods. And, and, and we have Joker. And <laughs> hello, Oscars. But yeah, so Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, came out last Friday. I couldn't jump on it. I wanted to, but uh, it was right at the 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 tail end of the thirty one days of dread, and I I literally October such a grind. I burned myself out, and you know, but, but at the same time, you know, like when it comes to Terminator, I I hurt uh, I I hold the franchise to a different uh, standard than other franchises, and it's not a high frame uh, like a high standard. Because everyone focuses on Terminator and Terminator 2. And those two movies are a block. And it's over. Like, you know, like the our ending for Terminator 2. We'll talk about this at episode 252, uh, 253. Where we do the special edition of Terminator 2 Judgment Day. The only edition you really should be familiar with and you should watch. With the, with the extended and added scenes. And, uh, you know, the story ends. Okay, this is a lot of what people miss when it comes to discussing Terminator. It's not 
about a continuation because we are dealing with time travel. We're dealing with alternate threads. We're, we're dealing with a different entity every time we go back in time. It's going to be different. Now, if we go through the chronology of the movies post-Terminator 2 Judgment Day and we go into T3 and we go into Salvation and we go into Genesis and we go into Dark Fate, it's going to be different and it should be different and it should be a, a different scenario every single time. Not a different plot, even though we have different plots. Um, you know, Terminator uh, nailed it when it came out. I remember when this movie, when this movie came out. I was a little kid. My father and uh, God rest his soul, my, my cousin Dwight, uh, who meant a lot to me. Uh, you know, even through his, jeez, uh, I'm getting a little emotional. Through through his death, um, he and my father want to go see this movie, and they come home, and they're literally out of their minds. They were blown away. They were uh, it's almost like transformed by watching this movie. They they didn't understand what they saw. It, it's the closest memory. It's the closest reaction. I have to someone other than watching the matrix with, with a few people. Cause I saw the matrix maybe seven or eight times in the theater. Cause I was completely obsessed with that movie. Uh, if you would like me to do a matrix block, let me know in the comments. Let me know in the reviews. Let me know on Twitter at AKA pad. And you know, like them coming home and, and seeing this reaction feeling it too with Terminator it's the closest thing I have to maybe what people felt when they first saw The Exorcist when they first saw King Kong yes the 1932 King Kong when they first saw Star Wars that's right I call it Star Wars it's not Star Wars A New Hope we'll get into that next month <laughs> or later this month so my upcoming block here it's going to be Terminator Terminator 2 Judgment Day it's going to be Terminator 3 T3 Rise of the Machines and then we're going to we're going to do a little uh, it's going to be the Sarah Connor Chronicles at least the first season of that show and then we're going to do Terminator Salvation Terminator Genesis and next week because I already scheduled it with one of my boys uh, it's going to be Terminator Dark Fate Terminator Dark Fate essentially uh, has already bombed it's already a failure uh, it is at a lower box office rate than even its predecessor, uh, 2015, right? Uh, Terminator Genesis. Now, here's the crazy thing. When it comes to the Terminator franchise, I I pretty much like every single one of these movies. Uh, th- these, <laughs> I really, really, I've been animated about this. I really, really like Genesis. Genesis, uh, for a lot of the same reasons that uh, I will sit down and watch Last Jedi and I know that's so unpopular right now because it has balls. It really tries something. It really wants what it's working to to work for you. Like it wants that story to be what it it it, it intends to be. Like to but the Terminator Genesis intent and execution is so much more uh better it's more exact it's more uh calculated it's uh, like i would say maybe as big 
you know, but Last Jedi doesn't stick it. It just, there's too much happening. There's too much you're not interested in during the course of Last Jedi. Terminator Genesis, when it moves, I, I dig it. I'm telling you, I dig it a lot. And a lot of that too is I love the thread, the idea that Terminator uh, T3, Rise of the Machine, started, which was almost like daytime action. Like, it, it made that a thing. Up until then, it was like action was mostly nighttime and at dark and inside factories. Even though we do have one really good daytime scene in T2 Judgment Day, uh, it's still a night action-driven movie. And, you know, we do have even with the highway scene in Dark Fate, you know, it is during the day. Uh, I think the franchise is a little bit too reliant on that. I believe that Terminator, especially if you're trying to reboot Terminator, it should be during nighttime. It should be dark. It should be uh, threatening. Um, you know, we want this guy. We want the hunter hidden in darkness. We don't want him out in broad daylight where we can all see him. It just doesn't work. Uh, you know, but modern special effects, digital photography, it goes on and on what they can do on a t technological sense, on, on a Skynet level. Yeah, it's a lot, you know, okay, it's a lot that they can, and they can make daytime special effects work. And the one time you went and you did your stuff and you did your stunts and you did your explosions and you did your fire, you did it at night because you could, uh, the filmmakers could hide more. The filmmakers could disguise what the special effects could not do. Perfect. You know, like limitations. So 1984 comes out and we have this this idea. Now, there was a lawsuit with uh, Harlan uh, Ellison. See, James Cameron uh, says that he got the idea for Terminator off of a... Uh, he was working with Roger Corman on this movie called Piranha. I'm pretty sure it was Piranha 2. And they're in, like, South America, and he, and he gets, like, food poisoning. He gets sick or something and wakes up in the haze, has a dream, and draws a picture of the Terminator crawling. I think it was, like, a crawling. It was a black charcoal uh, sketch. And, th and then there we go. Like, that was the formation of the movie. And him and I'm pretty sure Gail Ain heard who he could have been dating at the time, uh, got into making the movie. And we have one of the, you know, we have a special effects master with James Cameron, and now becoming writer-director. Uh, he was taking over some of the production for Piranha 2, I believe, at the time. Uh, very little, uh, like, you know, plenty of in-back-of-the-camera credits by this time, but not many much directing credits. So... This movie comes out, and Harlan Ellison, I'm going straight off of a, a memory here, but he sues and gets a settlement because he's like, look, you guys ripped off one of my stories. Uh, it turned out there was similarities. It do, uh, none of that takes away from the impact of Terminator. In a lot of ways, Terminator has kind of won that war because it stayed in the culture for so long. Now... This movie is full of awesome tricks. It's full uh, of awesome workarounds while they were making the movie. We all know some of the uh, mythology around this movie. James Cameron wanted O.J. Simpson. James Cameron wanted Schwarzenegger for Reese. Schwarzenegger uh, convinced 
Cameron to give him the Terminator. Uh, Schwarzenegger didn't want to be the Terminator. His agent had to even convince him because uh, Schwarzenegger didn't want to be portrayed as a villain. And we, we get magic. We get magic. We get something special. We get a story that's just very clean. You know, Sarah Connor giving birth to the, the resistance future to the victory of mankind versus these machines. We have the machines as a last resort sending Schwarzenegger the T-800 back in time to kill Sarah Connor. We're dealing with the 80s, so uh, internet, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. It's not imagined yet. It's not reality. Ter- the Terminator needs a phone book, okay? And then, uh, you know, he's killing everyone through Sarah Connor, like just going right through the phone book, killing all the Sarah Connors, hoping to find, you know, uh, Linda Hamilton. So along the way, you know, Kyle Reese, he is a uh, soldier from the future sent to protect Sarah Connor. He later becomes the father of John Connor. Now, we have to consider that the possible future that John Connor sent Kyle Reese back to protect his mother from, that the father could not have, may not have been Kyle Reese. You know, we could be dealing with a, a development of a new threat. Now, I think the franchise makes this very clear. Because every single iteration of the future we get is slightly different and it's adjusted. And then we later, in the later movies, deal with futures where John Connor actually dies, gets murdered. So, uh, you know, it's it's through war, so maybe it's not strictly murder. (laughs) If it's war. But yeah, so we, we have this complete story where they destroy the Terminator... And and save the future and save save one another and Kyle Reese dies, and here we go. You know we end the movie with Sarah Connor pregnant with Kyle Reese's from the future son, and uh, there we go. Like we drive off into the horizon with a I think it's a it's just like a a coming storm too. Now a couple of years later they score out this sequel. And the sequel says, look, there was like, uh, there was some stuff left over from the original Terminator that you guys killed. And this is what we developed our supercomputer with Skynet. And Skynet is the background villain for Terminator and Terminator 2. And there we go. Like, you know, we're back in the loop and we have to close the loop. Both of these movies close the loop perfectly and appropriately. Uh, what makes Terminator so good? Uh, you know, like when it comes down to watching one of the two movies, I kind of like watching Terminator because I think of all the Terminator movies, this is the best Terminator. The Schwarzenegger T-800 killing machine is exactly a Terminator. It, the the thing's unstoppable. Um, the police station scene, the nightclub scene, the scene where uh, Terminator shows up to Sarah Connor's apartment and murders her roommate and boyfriend these are the definition this is the definition of the mindless killer the perfect slasher is terminator t800 i love it i love it i i the music uh alone for terminator is top 10 terminator also has one uh, uh brad fidel okay terminator also has one of the best credit sequences and this is somewhat of a theme through Schwarzenegger's movies during this time. Incredible credit sequences. I'm talking Total Recall. I'm talking Conan the Barbarian. Incredible credit sequences. Gets you into the mood. The, 
the score itself it's banging and clanging and 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 metallic and echoey it's it's beyond perfect beyond perfect there is few decisions you could make within this movie to improve it this is one of the best sci-fi movies ever created ever imagined ever executed few flaws it is beyond a must-see if you've seen it you have to watch it again this movie deserves repeatable viewing uh when it comes to this level movie and you know sci-fi and darkness you know i will go back to the crow this movie and the crow work so well together because they're from different eras using different technology somewhat the same antagonist because the crow is a is an antagonist in the crow he's not a protagonist he's an antagonist because he's just running around murdering people <laughs> which i love <laughs> it's just so cool um because we can pretend people okay uh no the terminator though this is uh, what it inspired in people uh, the, it captured an audience in the highly competitive movie going era in 1984 highly competitive year okay it captured the imagination for a reason not because it has these outlandish uh mind-blowing ideas it's it's the actual uh dna the fabric of what's on that film same as star wars star wars is you know like new ideas but but none of the new ideas were as good as the execution when it even comes to star wars I, I view those two as parallel on that level. This was a well-executed, big idea movie, and that's all we need. And that's a little bit of what what we need right now because we we have a lot of movies. Uh, you know, going back to the Oscars, we have all this Oscar bait coming out. Uh, none of the ideas just seem good. They don't. I'm sorry. Terminator 1984 is always going to be a reminder of what you can do with nothing. Okay? What you can do with zero. And that should never hold you back with anything in life. You can have zero and you can go. Okay? Because you will always find allies. You will always find people to do things with you. You will find people to do things for you. If you're good about it, you will find these people. If you're bad and you're like an a-hole, you'll find nothing and you'll have nothing. But Terminator 1984, everyone starting the Terminator super block leading into Terminator Dark Fate because I'm going to give that movie the best shot I can. Uh, You know, I'm anticipating that movie. I can't wait to see it next week. Everyone, big Terminator block coming up. I love you from AKA Pads Audio Audacity Podcast. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, let's rock and roll.